Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give it to me! Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where no matter what we do to try to stop it, the things keep flying fast and furious, and we have to pluck them out of the air as though it's that scene in Karate Kid, and we're using chopsticks to catch a fly. But we will do it for you, friends. We are just that skilled at catching the things. wax the floor and paint the fence. (laughs) I don't know where this stuff comes from. No idea. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, literally, uh, we, we have one of those, um, we I don't know thing. if I'd call it a singular, a singularity when we both independently arrive on the same thing. Right. Because I saw at 4.08 that Tom had already put this thing in the rundown and I was like, wait, no, that's my thing. <laughs> but- uh, and, and speaking of, of explosive things, things that fly <laughs> through the air, it's fireworks. <laughs> You should know that I had this in so the way in my my method for those of you who may be new to the show is that all week long I tell my phone remind me at 2 p.m. on Friday that blah 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 is a thing. Okay. And in this case I said remind me at 2 p.m. on Friday that fireworks are the thing. Ah, uh-huh. And I put it in all caps because yeah. wow. Not just here, not just there. Reminder that Tom and I are in two different cities. Right? And fireworks are a thing in both of our cities and apparently all the other ones. And this has been going on for more than a month. Oh, yeah. In my neighborhood. Memorial Day, uh, basically. Like at, at maybe sometime early April is, is yeah. I think, when it started. It was it was definitely before any, any kind of reopenings or protests. Uh, what we had going on in L.A.'s uh, uh, Valley area in Van Nuys were... People deciding to continue to do the road rally. It's where they they bring their like cool, like souped up cars and park them along Van Nuys Boulevard. Uh, and, And so even before there were protests, there were like cop actions against those people because they would then get out of their cars and congregate. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was like, you can come and park your cars. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't get out and hang out with each other. And like sometime around that, I started to associate the noise of the helicopters going to enforce that with people beginning to shoot off fireworks. Mm -hmm. And I think they're independent, but it felt like, oh, well, I guess if we can't congregate with our cars, we'll just all go shoot off fireworks. Uh, But then this week I saw that knowyourmeme.com has created a page called the 2020 Fireworks Conspiracy Theories. Oh, my God. Which... Is yeah. people deciding that the fireworks they keep hearing in their neighborhood are some sort of like psyops or or protest or something or other? This was like my favorite development at all of all because yes, there have been a lot of sustained fireworks for weeks at least Memorial Day. This is not, I should say, at least in Oakland, not super uncommon in the summer months. In fact, there's kind of like 
we have a local meme on Nextdoor where it's like, just respond with this. And it's a picture of a bunch of Nextdoor posts like, what is that sound? Did you hear a big boom? Gunshot? Question mark. And over top of it, it's like, yes, it's fireworks. It's always fireworks. Fireworks season in Oakland lasts from May to August. You're welcome. So it didn't seem that unusual until it became clear that it was happening in every city and until this conspiracy theory started happening (laughs) where people were posting on Twitter being like, I'm an investigative journalist and I'm looking into the possibility that the government (laughs) is organizing like national simultaneous fireworks displays designed to make us go crazy. Yeah. Okay. Because I used to live in Oakland. I remember that fireworks. And where I live now has a similar vibe. Last year, like as you got closer to the 4th of July, you'd more often hear some fireworks in the evening because people had bought their stashes and, you know, we're trying them out or shooting off a few extras. But it started early this year and it's consistent. Like that yep. that's the big difference is is it it isn't like clo- I mean, now we're close to July 4th, but it it was way early and it was a lot. It wasn't like, oh, we got hold of a couple. It was, and um, I was talking to somebody and I can't remember who it is now who was saying they went to a fireworks shop in their area and it wasn't in California and the fireworks were super cheap. Yep. And they were like, really? Like, that's all I have to pay for, and for like, yeah, buy, you know, buy three, mm-hmm. get seven free. Like we need to get rid of these things because there are no July 4th celebrations happening because you can't have people gathering together. So I think fireworks purveyors trying to get rid of their stock for cheap probably is one of the main drivers of this. That's just yep. a guess. No, I think that's absolutely true. And people are bored. Slate pointed out right. in an art in one of the many articles about this. Slate pointed out that for the first time, actually, it's pr- relatively new. Retailers are starting to sell fireworks online and mm-hmm. allow for pickup. And they're they are definitely, I think, trying to offload them because of the cancellation of Fourth of July parties. And also, really, people don't have anything to do. Yeah, that's the other part of it. You're absolutely right. Like, if you got some cheap fireworks and then you know that the independence day celebration has been canceled and you're like, well, what else do I got to do? I'm mm-hmm. bored. You know, I've watched all the Netflix I can stand. Why don't I blow some things up in my backyard? And I have to say I had a moment and first I want to acknowledge that like it is bad. Like dogs are having a really hard time with this. People with PTSD legitimately have a hard time with fireworks. They're keeping people up at night. Like there's a lot. It's not good for babies, right? It is definitely disruptive. But I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to buy some. (laughs) Like I just was like, you know what? Are you going to buy some during the show right now? When I was a kid. That's me typing. (laughs) (laughs) Like when I was a kid growing up in Montana on 4th of July, we would go to like our friend's ranch and light up an absurd amount of fireworks. And our job as kids was to run into the field and stomp out the fires. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like no, that's great. it's kind of fun. And my brother texted me the other day and he was like, I think at this point I might be more annoyed with the people complaining about the fireworks than I am with the actual fireworks. Well, and again, all the things you said are true and I don't want to minimize them. They're all For true. Us, me neither. We are lucky enough to live far enough from the epicenter <laughs> uh, that if we close all the doors, we could sort of just mildly hear them. Right. The other thing is when they, when it first started in April, the dogs did get a little nervous, but I think it's actually helping because now they're like, Oh, this happens every night. 
Oh, like, I wonder. They're, they're not freaking out. So we were talking about July 4th because we always have to make a plan. We we usually watch something loud on July 4th on TV to kind of like drown it out. Uh, and so we're like, I wonder if we'll see a difference. Will it be loud enough? Because there'll be more of them on July 4th. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Will it be loud enough that it won't matter? Or will they be like, oh, yeah, we've kind of gotten used to that stuff. So we won't freak out quite as much. Because they were freaking out the first week and it was starting to get a lot. And then they yeah. just got over it like well i guess this happens now this is my life i mean i have to say i am pretty impressed especially considering that we brought a new dog in not that long ago he also was unfazed both of my dogs are like unfazed by the fireworks although we and we did even have one the other night i mean it was i was really like why'd you set off that one m80 at the end of this street (laughs) and then apparently keep driving it was just like one gigantic boom 100 yards from the house Last year on July 4th, we had a block party. Of course, we're not doing that this year. Um, yeah. But I wonder if people will still be coming out and setting off fireworks like they did. I, I, I think so. Yeah. I really do. If you were in your old place in Oakland near the lake, you would probably, A, not be so blasé and B, oh, yeah, I think it's definitely happening. I don't know. I'm kinda... Yeah, no, I think, I, I'm pretty sure. Well, I know. I know. I won't name the name, but I know the guy who brought the fireworks last year and it was super fun. So mm-hmm. I'm like kind of mm-hmm. hoping he does again, really. I mean, I kind of want to. Maybe maybe we'll just get some for Fourth of July. Just but, be like, look, everyone's uh, doing it. The point is, it's my neighbor whose name I'm not going to say who buys fireworks and people like him, not the government. <laughs> right. Yes, <laughs> that is very true. It is friends. Yeah. We are here to tell you PSA from It's a Thing to You. It's not the government. It's yeah. cheap, abundant fireworks and bored people who are really ready to blow some stuff up. Yeah, it's a it's a perfectly reasonable explanation. Man, is it a thing. Man. You know what else is a thing? It's going to make us rich. <laughs> Do tell. Do tell. I'm just going to read this headline from the next web. The stock huh. market crashes every time Lil Yachty releases music. Have they done? Is there the diagram? Is the diagram? Uh, Oh, yeah. No, there is a diagram of the SP 500 versus Lil Yachty releases. The only Lil Yachty release that did not precede a downturn was his initial release when no one knew. Right? Yeah. Can you go ahead and read the subhead? Can you go ahead and just read the subhead? I feel uh, like I I need to hear that. Yachty LPs can slap, but his (laughs) mixtapes slap harder. Thank you. Which is, of course, important to know, because when he releases a mixtape, you will see a more pronounced downturn. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. So what do we know? What's what's dropping soon? Uh, yeah, I don't know when his next release is, nor if I did, would it be considered financial advice? But keep an eye out uh, <laughs> because uh-huh. like. It's correlation, not causation. Yep. But if the correlation holds and you sell short, I don't know. The next web reports that Lil Yachty is uh, readying to share his fifth LP end of the summer sometime in August. What on the nose title? The stock market should be thankful, they write, that it's not another mixtape. Those seem to hurt. Yeah. And that the dates yeah. no, do seem to line up for the economy. <laughs> uh, also, I mean, just think about it again. We don't know when in August, but if... Uh, there were to be some kind of second wave and a lockdown. Economic effects might be he- felt in August. 
stock oh, market yeah. confidence might finally, you know, in August start to uh-huh. erode. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not unreasonable. Okay, this is actually pretty hilarious. Like as analysis goes, pretty hilarious. And and this is this kind of started on a on a subreddit as most things like it do. As most things do. <laughs> uh, the more Yachty's music slaps, the more the market is slapped with a correction. I mean, it's it's really caught on amongst financial planners because they just find <laughs> it hilarious. Like, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> this is, by the way, literally how much reason is being reflected in the market right now. Like, <laughs> sure, why not? The other day, I tweeted that they must just like that headline writers, particularly at the Wall Street Journal, must just have a macro now for stocks drop on, you know, increased infection reports or mm-hmm. whatever. I'm just like, mm-hmm. that could be any of the last 29 days. Yeah. And sure enough, it popped up today on my uh, my Wall Street Journal breaking news. Stocks so, fall. All you need to climb. know is yep. a little Yachty slaps and you should listen to him. It's great and stuff. You should listen to him. But so really, all you need July. to know is his release dates. <laughs> <laughs> or get ready, like re- ready your fire. Yeah, you either sell right short, after. you sell short uh, in advance of a little Yachty release, or you buy after a release. Yep. Okay. You know what? This is good. That is not financial advice. No. That is just what I, it looks like people do. Right. Exactly. <laughs> not, not financial advice. Absolutely not. Um. I, this I think is actually a thing that's about a week old and may have passed and I don't care because it is so relevant to my interests. I had it in the bullpen and I was like, maybe I should do this. And anyway, I didn't. But that thing is not answering emails. Oh, yeah. Um, This has been a thing for a long time, but it has gotten worse lately. It really has. And it has become a thing that people are admitting on Twitter. And I think the reason... That it came up was because I, I finally figured out why all of a sudden everybody last week was talking about not answering emails. And I think it's because, hey, the email client was was approved on the App Store. Uh-huh. And somehow that must have gotten everybody talking about emails and either and the maybe the way it handles emails. <laughs> and people are like, Yeah, I, I don't I And don't they were use like, Yeah, actually anymore. I don't I don't I never answer email and I've never answered email and I guess I could try or whatever. But there was this sort of like ongoing conversation about it. And I was so relieved. I felt so seen. I was so grateful that the world could at once admit that like, look, I, you, I'm i not going to write back. Like I want to. Sometimes I answer in my mind. Usually if the answer is no, I'll never answer because I don't really want to say it out loud because you're going to be bummed. Mm. More likely, I didn't even see it. And you didn't slack or text me like I told you to. But it was, I was, I really, it was a moment of actual unity on Twitter when I mm-hmm. saw everybody being like, oh, no, God, no. Who, who answers emails? I do. Oh, Peanut, of course you do. I mean, it's worth it. Do you people have Inbox Zero? so appreciative. Like, I answer emails and people are like, oh, my gosh, thank you for getting back to me. Oh, I'm not talking about, like emails from listeners or fans those actually i'm way more no, likely no, to answer no, no, i'm talking no. about I'm just, the random like work email oh you're saying any email you answer like, people are like, like i love business you. related <laughs> emails like you know somebody oh like hey you know I'd, I'd like to put a meeting on your calendar to to talk about the monetization blah 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 and i'll be like great yeah no and they'll be like oh my god thank you so much for getting back to me okay that is <laughs> yeah, really funny no i should have made yes. that clear like of course 
fan writes into show, we write back, thank you for your email. They might get excited because we wrote back. That's not what we're talking about. Like I'm talking about work stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. And actually is actually completely validates the 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 point which is that nobody answers emails anymore yeah. to the extent that it's such a thing and you're right that on the few occasions when serendipity occurs and i happen to be opening my email client at the moment that the email is mm-hmm. at the top of the mm-hmm. inbox and i have an easy answer and i write back inevitably the response is like, oh, my God, thank you for the prompt response. <laughs> yes, yes. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. I totally like, do. But I thought yeah. it was just because I suck at email so bad. I didn't realize it's all of us. No, it's a, it's everybody. And and it's moving into text messaging where I have I have found myself not angrily, but sort of impatiently Aww. like, so yes or no. And people are like, oh, yeah, no, I of course I, I you know, like people don't respond to let you know that they got the text message. I've noticed. Yeah, I am still pretty good about that. But I have noticed an increase, a slight increase in the number of people who are like, just seeing this. And I'm like, that's not true. There's that. But also um, there's the thing where I text you like, hey, can you do this? And I get no response. And I assume like, well, I guess they can't or they're too busy. They can't get to the phone. And then I'll get the thing I asked them for. They just never replied to the text. (laughs) And you're like, that didn't help. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay. I guess I, I guess the answer was yes. And I don't know. Am I old fashioned for expecting like conversations to carry on to that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, apparently, I don't know. People are just inundated. I've just sort of, I will say I have attempted to communicate early and often to people that I am bad at email. Although, you know what? I'm going to stop saying that because turns out I'm everyone. You're av- you're normal at email. I'm normal at email. Yeah. And like, please text or Slack me if you need an answer. Instead of just sort of like waiting there and getting madder and madder. I, and I have also had a thing where someone will Slack me a, something and I'll say, could you email that to me? Because Slack is impermanent. Slack is not a thing that is going to, it it doesn't work like a to-do list. So either I have to now take that thing and put it over somewhere, or if they just email it, then I'll have it because that's the way I work. And people, I get people who are like, what? Do what? (laughs) Like, email? (laughs) What does that mean? Really? I mean, I guess. I suppose I could. That's what you want. Hilariously, Um, the Discord has lots of thoughts on this, including uh, producer Rich saying, sub thing is not accepting calendar invites. Oh, yeah. SCW Lung saying, sub sub thing, creating fake calendar entries (laughs) to prevent calendar invites. True. (laughs) Totally true. Yeah. And then Wes Baystar says, when I don't hear from a customer, I try iMessage, SMS, Line, and WhatsApp. Yeah. Boom. I mean, that's the Uber thing is there are too many ways to communicate and everybody has a different preference and it's impossible to keep track of like, wait, is this a Line person or is this an SMS person or is this a Slack person? I feel like that should go in Twitter bio. Like it's like, okay, (laughs) new Twitter bio is like uh, current job. Most impressive past job, uh-huh. preferred gender pronouns, preferred communication technique. Preferred communication technique. Yeah. Until we finally all freaking settle on one, which I yeah. expect to happen at some point. Who knows when? But yeah, tell me how to contact you, right? Right. Just be like Slack or text. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. You know what? We yeah. can pioneer this. We have the power. I'll put email in mine. <laughs> Do it. 
Do it. <laughs> Do no, it. I like this. I do. I'm going to be like text or signal. What yeah. are the, I know. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want people to use signal. It's just really hard to get people to do it. I know. It really is. Although, you know what? There seems to be an uptick. Sub, yeah, sub, there was. Sub yeah. thing here. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, I'm getting a lot of notifications from signal. I've noticed that too. From people signing up. So-and-so yeah. is using signal. So-and-so. Yeah. Hmm. What's that Interesting. about? Well, now well, now that we know that everyone's spying on us so they can see our reaction to the fireworks, we need to yes. communicate more privately on Signal. That's right. <laughs> Over the 5G. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we do read your emails. Oh, yes, uh, that is true. And we love getting them. Uh, we also read your Discord messages. And Jeremiah... Uh, wrote on Discord about uh, Dungeons and Dragons and gatekeeping. I know there's been a lot of talk of gatekeepers in the D&D space. It's a hobby that used to be pretty fringe, and some of the older members of the D&D community have taken to trying to tell people that they don't belong. It happens in any group, I suppose. I'm reasonably referred to as an old-timer in D&D, started playing nearly 38 years ago, so I tend to become even more active trying to make new people to the hobby feel welcome. That's good of you, Jeremiah. That is good of you. And Scorsold adds, I've started playing D&D regularly these past few years, and since COVID, I run a weekly game with my old high school group and three of our 20-something kids. It's kind of brought me back into the culture, and I have to say, I think the culture has just moved beyond the gatekeepers. I know this was a big issue a few years ago, but it is so much better than it was, and certainly better than when I was in high school and university. There is a lot happening on Twitch, D&D Beyond, etc. that is inclusive. Streaming playgroups have a lot of women and people of color. The younger generation of players is just not tolerant of intolerance. Ah, very nice. And then Joe finished up. Regarding gatekeeping, as someone who grew up a nerd, D&D basic set in 82, feeling precocious because it said 10 plus and I was nine. <laughs> a lot of the nerd culture stuff used to be outcast. And I've seen gatekeeping because people feel like they earned a hobby or fandom through, quote unquote, not being cool. It's always upsetting to me to see gatekeepers tell people they don't belong. Yeah, mm-hmm. in- indeed. Indeed. I love it. And <laughs> D&D is... As you might already imagine, if you were going to guess, uh, I'm be- I believe the theme for our feedback today, no? Oh, uh, or, I'm yes. sorry, for our shout out level? Yes, our shout out uh, level today as produced uh, by our producer, Rich Straffolino, starts this way, Molly. <laughs> Upon penetrating the heart of the ruined castle, the party met its foe, a powerful Gorgon commanded by a mad warrior. There, chained behind the two, was a helpless peasant kidnapped from a nearby village. Eric Duncan unhesitatingly, but not foolishly, entered the battle. It was the right thing to do. He considered it his duty to protect the villagers. Besides, he could not abandon an innocent hostage to such fiends. He was willing to fight until he won or was dragged off by his friends. He had no intention of fighting to his own death, but he would not give up until he had tried to do his utmost to defeat the evil creatures. Jake Woods also entered the battle willingly. Although he cared nothing for the peasant, he could not allow the two fiends to mock him. Still, there was no reason for him to risk all for one peasant. If forced to retreat, he could return with a stronger force, capture the criminals, and execute them publicly. If the peasant died in the meantime their punishment would be that much more horrible. Brad Sparks was willing to fight because the villains threatened public order. However, he was not willing to risk his own life. He would have preferred to come back later with reinforcements. If the peasants could be saved, that is good because he is part of the community. If not, 
It would be unfortunate, but unavoidable. Gabrielle Cohen did not fight the Gorgon or the warrior, but she tried to rescue the peasant. Saving the peasant was worthwhile, but there was no need to risk injury and death along the way. Thus, while the enemy was distracted in combat, she tried to slip past and free the peasant. Louis St. I hope you're catching on, by the way, right now, guys. Alignment. Louis St. Amour cared nothing about law, order, or the poor peasant. He figured that there had to be some treasure around somewhere. After all, the villain's lair had once been a powerful temple. He could poke around for cash while the others did the real work. If the group got into real trouble and looked like the villains would attack him, then he would fight. Unfortunately, a stray magical arrow killed him just after he found a large gem. Ouch. (laughs) Esther Pena joined the fight for several reasons. Several people in the group were her friends, and she wanted to fight at their side. Furthermore, the poor kidnapped peasant deserved to be rescued. Thus, Esther fought to aid her companions and save the peasant. She didn't care if the villains were killed or captured or just driven away. Their attacks against the village didn't concern her. Andrew Wyatt decided to charge, screaming bloodthirsty cries straight for the Gorgon. Who knows? He might have broken its nerve and thrown it off guard. He discovered, though, that his plan was a bad one when the Gorgon's breath killed him. Like Aiken saw no point in risking his hide for the villagers, the peasant, or the rest of the party. In fact, he thought of several good reasons not to. If the party was weakened, he might be able to take over. If the villains won, he could probably make a deal with them and join their side. And if everyone was killed, he could take everything he wanted and leave. Ollie sounded a lot better than getting hurt for little or no gain, so he stayed near the back of the battle watching. If anyone asked, he could say he was watching the rear, making sure no one came to aid the enemy. (laughs) We will leave it as an exercise to you to decide which alignment each of our patrons had. Exactly. And which most speaks to you and your character, my friend. Uh, but obviously, we can never impugn the character of those who support us at the shout out level and at all at patreon.com slash it's a thing. It is the reason for the season, the reason the show keeps going and we're in the chairs every Friday. But let's be real. It's not the only reason because you guys are awesome. Yeah. Keep emailing us those things. We love to hear them feedback at it's a thing dot me. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Politicians. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.